Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fangs Out podcast brought to you by the Wide World of Wargaming. I am your host, Vincent Letter Morgado. Joining me, as per the usual, the man with all the math, Mr. Jeff Wilder. Hello, everybody. And the man who really needs to get away from squadrons and back to an X-Wing table, Mr. Drew Bishop's eye. Hello there. But he also hates TTS, and I just I entirely sympathize with his position, especially <laughs> after this weekend. Um, Jeff, how many games of the uh, Crate Club did you watch? Uh... All, pretty much all of them. I didn't, I, I didn't pay close attention the entire way, but I was I was on the stream pretty much the whole time. And Drew, you always are kept up uh, in events by either people messaging you or just kind of popping into Twitch. What about you? No, I saw. I think I saw the final. I saw something about um, tweezers making the cut many times. Tw- but uh, oh, oh, the oh, uh, the tweet. Nantex okay. the Nantex right. looks like a tweezer. I, like I got there in the end. Anyways. Um, yeah, so I saw lots of them were winning, and then there was more debate. Heard something about Dion, but maybe we'll, I mean, maybe we'll talk about it. So. Uh, what did you hear about Dion? Oh, no, I just heard that there were um, talks about what they should do about it, if they should do anything about it. Banning, you mean? Yeah, uh, maybe not banning, but I guess that's, you know, the generic, right? Like the... The and you know I don't know I'm kind of, I'm quite tired right now but I do feel like people you know consider oh like the fastest way to get rid of the problem is to just like totally off it right and then of course nuke, nuke the site from orbit it's yeah, the only way to be sure from, it's the only way to be sure exactly <laughs> and I I you know the, the we've we've talked about this many times before but that's it's been that five is what episodes I, that is what I heard I don't know if there's anything if there's going to be any truth to that or anything like that but I know that people are discussing it obviously so we'll we'll get into it. Well, Dion as an event runner has the health of his events and the health of his audience to consider, um, both as an event organizer and as an entertainer. I would, I would, I think we could all agree that a Twitch streamer is an entertainer, right? Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, I, maybe I podcasting. He, he actually, he actually addressed it a couple of weeks back. He said that um, he said that he didn't feel right banning it in the qualifiers um but that he might be open to doing so in the championship oh he said, he said he didn't feel like doing it in the qualifiers because of uh because some people have had their chance to qualify with it and mm. uh, he doesn't want to take that chance away from other people who may have oh. needed to or wanted to wait for later qualifiers of course um, i mean that sort of makes sense but on the other hand uh, people are now getting their chance with the size shuttle and the and the lat that you know and people earlier didn't have the chance with that stuff so you know it's um there, there are arguments either way it's i personally suspect that there are people out there that now uh highly competitive people that now consider it like a challenge like Okay, you've gone twenty-two and zero with this list over two galactic qualifier events. I need to knock you off that pedestal. Um, oh, he's going to get fan is going to get headhunted. I mean, somebody is. I I would not be shocked if there are a handful of guys who go into Coruscant um, with heavy anti Nantex lists just to be the guy that puts the one on his, uh, you know, put the one mark on his record. Right. Right. Uh, just um, in the hopes that they draw him in one out of, you know, six rounds. So I, I do think that for those, for that minority of players that, um, 
even if they're anti-Nantex, they're not for any kind of ban. I just think for the for the rest of us that are in it for the entertainment, come on. Um, you know, but you know, Drew uh, Dion does a um, does Fantastic a good job, job picking. He does a good job picking non-Nantex lists to, to fight. So, yep, yep, yep. So since we did, since we got there a little faster than I expected, I guess you know we we got to Fawn. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the gentleman's last. Is it Langal? Is it Langolin or Langolin? Langolin, I think. Langolin. Yeah. That is a great, such yeah. a great name. Um, like Jeff said, the gentleman has gone twenty-two and zero in two qualifiers with this uh, with this list. Um, when I came into X Wing, there were a lot of names that were associated with certain lists. Uh, like Nathan Idy was associated with E Wings. Um, the gentleman from England, Jake Mooney, is basically famous for Han Jake. Uh, is, uh, are we, are we at the point where we can kind of, you know, na- agree that Fawn is the master of the six or of the six arena aces? Certainly seems that way. I mean, yeah. my is guess there... is that he's a very good player that is playing a, a list that, that vastly outqualifies the field. So... Like I hesitate. I, I like the word overpowered. Cause I think it a lot of times describes exactly what something is not un people need to understand there is a difference between unbeatable and overpowered. Right. Like when we say OP on the show, we mean something that is clearly out of balance with the rest of the meta. We don't mean it's unbeatable. Arena aces in their current form are fucking overpowered, but obviously they can lose because only one guy is making it to the top with these lists. The majority of the time, except for the mirror match, which, Oh my God, please never happen again. Um, well, for for those who didn't tune in, how was that mirror match? Were they just flying in circles until time? Well, that was the game where one guy flew one of his uh one of the Nantex off the board. Oh, that was oh that was that. That game. was three okay. weeks ago. He, uh, uh-huh. he 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 flew it off the board and that no, kind of threw the whole game. Well, I remember that. Uh-huh. I remember that. I just was wondering if there was more shenaniganery as far as you know playing the game, quote unquote, but not playing the game. I'm glad that that seems to be gone, but of course with online play, you know. I think well, the other thing is that, that with the with the injection of new material, there is going to be a certain amount of. I want to use the the made up word unsuredness, but I, it's not a word. Uh, just call it ambiguity. We'll call it ambiguity in the meta as to exactly how all this new stuff is going to have an effect. Um, like for example, uh, we saw Ian Becker come out with Warthog and basically a sinker swarm, and made it all the way up to the top eight, where he, of course, ran into fucking. Petronaki Arena Aces. Um, then there were... We did not have as many um, bug lists as we did have in the previous mm-hmm. events. People are... They are teching against the bugs. It's just that uh, to a certain extent, even when you're teching against the bugs, they're so strong if they've got a strong player. It's just, you know, what are you going to yeah. do? Commander Malaris in the uh, Cyclass shuttle popped up more than a few times, as we expected, with a shitload of uh, Epsilon Squad cadets. Yep. Um, more than a few. Uh, Warthog actually pops up more than a few times. I think he's kind of defaulted as the favorite, which I expected because that ability is just, is, I, that's just a good ability. It's I, really you know, strong. Yeah, yeah it's. It basically guarantees that you always have a chance of getting some form of points, even if you're dead. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there were some people running around, including one guy that actually beat friend of the program, Ollie Pocknell, with, uh, I think it was five um, Zeta squads, the uh, the TIE SFs with uh, ATP and cluster missiles. I would not want to face that with any, with what I brought. But my list was trash. The surprise of the tournament, I would argue, is the number of people who made it made the cut flying rebels. Yeah. And not and I mean not just Kashyyyk defenders. Although there were quite a few of those. I think there was what, three? I think I saw I think I counted three of them. In the cut? Yeah. yeah. That's right to me. I've counted three so far. Outside of that, you've got one, yeah, two. Uh da, 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 one, two. I saw more. Three, four. Yeah, so, I mean, four out of... So, seven out of 32. Almost a quarter of the list that made the cut at this event were actually three or... Two, three, or four ship rebels. Um, my favorite was Lucas Pajeni. I hope I got that correct with his Super Han and then just stock Leia build. Uh, he made the top eight with that. That was probably a fairly interesting list to fly in this meta. But I want to talk about the... Let's talk about Resistance 5s a little bit. Ray, ZZ, Tally, and basically that's it. I mean... Ray's a monster. We all know that. She's probably the best single jousting ship in the game. Mm-hmm. ZZ is points... Head and shoulders above most other single pilots in terms of points efficiency. Tally is an awesome wingman for her defensive buff and also just being a high init A-wing, meaning that she's almost always going to have a position and reposition advantage over you. And I mean, her her power or her ability is not... If you can get stuff in your bullseye, her ability is not to be sneezed at. Yeah, it keeps Ray alive a lot longer. Especially if... Uh, I don't know how many people build Ray my way. But, uh, yeah, I don't see a lot of people going stealth device in this group. Mostly just Rose, Core, Finn, and uh, the Falcon, and they dump the rest of the points on Prockets or Cluster Missiles. Yeah, stealth device is a a high-variant strategy. If you hit the the good variants, it pays off big. If you don't, you're you're sort of like you've, you've dug yourself even deeper into a hole. Well, the thing is, is that you're really, like, considering that it only has one mod slot, and more often than not, people don't run engine upgrade on her. Mm-hmm. Um, really, you're talking about swapping out either for a hull or a shield upgrade. You only need one evade to get your points out of a stealth device. And Ray guarantees you get that with her power, assuming that you're facing whatever is shooting at you. So I don't really understand why people don't just auto-default to the stealth of... I don't. I really don't. Especially if you're going to run with Tally. You're talking about a Falcon with four evade dice at range four, at range three. Well, because... if Unless somebody flies really poorly, not everybody is going to be shooting at Ray in her front arc. She can, she can certainly, at, at I-5... She can make somebody shoot at her in her front arc, but she can't make everybody shoot at her in her front arc. And stealth device doesn't care where you're getting shot from. It just cares whether you take damage. No, right. But I'm just... Uh, I I should also say that if you're at range three of her, she's basically an X-Wing, meaning that you have to do three damage to have a better than about 
I think it's I think two results on greens is like a sixty something percent chance. Yeah. Wow, really? Hmm. It's something around there is the number somebody mentioned on stream. But she's, you know, three of eight dice at range three, and you only need to survive. You only need are hoping to get through it one time. You know, the odds aren't terrible. They're not terrible. It's just that it's a variance list. If you don't get the variance, then not only have you taken damage, which of course that sucks, but you've lost your stealth device, which that sucks. So it's like you, the stealth device is, uh, it's like 60% chance you win, but 40% chance you lose twice. You know what I mean? And and competitive players don't really, and I'm just making those numbers up for illustrative purposes, but competitive players don't like those kinds of, of games. Odds. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I've always been a shitty gambler. I, I want to ask a question based on Matt Carey's list with Ray and double prockets. Mm-hmm. Um, a, congratulations to Matt for making the top 16. We are big admirers of his on this show, especially after the absolute blight he introduced on the hobby that was the uh, the Grand Inquisitor and three other in, uh, Inquisitors. Um, but is he on to something with I-5 Prockets as maybe a hard counter to Arena Aces? I mean, yeah, if you're going to one-shot something, that's how you're going to do it, right? advanced optics with the prockets and mm-hmm. high initiative you get in that bullseye range one out of arc you know i can that i would use hard counter but it's definitely anti-bug tech for sure right right well it's also anti-spam tech um just because there aren't a lot of things flying around that you can spam that aren't you know red squad bombers that have more than th- you know four health behind three evade dice and even being able to put four damage on something you know bigger like a uh, an X-wing or a Y-wing, you're still getting your money's worth out of six points. You know, is uh, should people be uh, like? I'll just say I won't even ask the question. I'll just say it. I think everybody who expects to see Nantexes should bring at least two prockets in their list. Like every list I'm running from here on out is going to have either Jake with the procket or Jake Aaron, and then maybe. Um, uh, I just had the other pilot and I completely lost it. Anyway, I'm bringing two prockets and everything right now because I'm just so fucking tired of bugs. It's very similar to squadrons, right? You want to hit them hard, you want to hit them fast, especially in X-Wing with so many other ships where, you know, I mean, we've seen a lot of three ships, right? They double the uh, the number of ships across the table from them, right? With the Nantex. So, yeah, the only, I mean, it's definitely something that I would look into being able to pop one before they shoot, that's how you're going to win. And the Prockets do that fairly well, especially when you've got so many I-5s. Even if you waste two of the Prockets on them, like, that's... It's still... I mean, not to mention that the Resistance A's come with, you know, you have the option of advanced optics. Meaning that, you know, your average is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of, like, 3.75 to 4.5, if I remember correctly. So... So, What do you mean, like a Proton... A proton, the proton rocket, proton rocket with just focus, with just focus and uh, advanced optics. I think you're looking somewhere in the low fours for your average. Yeah, that's that's correct. Right, right, right. And then you get the low. Yeah, I can't do math. Good mind. 
But we should talk about the man of the hour. Uh, I hope I can find him on here as the other guy that made the top two. Uh, Kenneth Lyon of our very own uh, MC Discord channel uh, with Hollow, Proud Tradition, and Triple Cyanar James Engineers. Now, Jeff, you have more experience than me and Drew combined with the SJE. Yeah, I'm bad with it, but um, I've I've tried it with four of those. I think the Hollow obviously adds a a great deal to that. my problem with it has always been that you are paying you're paying a price for a chassis with double repositioning when it's extremely difficult for an i1 to get value out of double repositioning um so obviously you've got blocking value but mm-hmm. if you're double repositioning to block then you're then you're really gambling because you're doing it without any defensive modifications yep um so without any kind of knowledge of where the the guys are gonna the bad guys are gonna be you've you've got to make your calls with uh sjes and when you do it it will it's great it's a the silencer is fantastic chassis and Um, it's just way better than probably 90 percent of the ships in the game when you don't you end up without shots even and I'm not talking about even from you know Suntiers and Vaders. I'm talking about Ahsoka. And, yeah, uh, you know you end up without shots and in the bullseyes of of ships with shots, and yep. that is a very difficult um, place to be. Now Hollow does add a lot: um, the ability to manipulate those tokens, um, the ability to just make people worry about an I five. Um, gives the gives the SJEs a place to live, you know. Gives them gives them some some cover that four SJEs don't have. So. Also, the, the SJE is one of the best chassis at getting rid of stress, which uh, and and has two shields to maybe eat a turn of a strain token you want to pass off of Hollow. Yeah, exactly. So you're not really giving up a whole lot of offense, and the thing sheds stress as soon as you you know it doesn't it almost doesn't care. Especially if you're using it for a block, you don't expect to to get shot the next turn. Yeah, and if you're, you know, if you are um, in a bad position because you're initiative one, if you've been used to block and you don't have a shot, here have it, have this deplete. Yeah, or and then yeah. the next turn it's here. Have this five straight, and I'm completely gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, silencer. I, I we've we've gone on often and loudly about how the silencer is probably one of the three best chassis in X wing. I think the other two we agreed on were the Resistance A and the Fire Spray. I yeah, think so, I think as far so. as this game is concerned, yeah. Yeah. I think the quadrilogy uh, is the Resistance X, weirdly. Yep. I, yep. Okay. Let's talk about the Resistance X-Wing for a second. It does not make an appearance. I don't think I've seen it in any of the last three cuts. Not one. Is there any expectation that new Poe and new snap uh, new snap are going to change that do you think because those are aren't those coming out fairly soon as well i mean they should, have been, they they should have been part of the new wave right because i got uh i don't know about you i don't know if you guys are on mailing list but i'm on the isle of gamers mailing list and they're taking pre-orders for the heralds of hope right now which yeah. is also where the starboard slash is going to come from uh you know zari bangal's favorite fucking upgrade um 
Yeah, I think it's possible. Uh, the new Poe is uh, more versatile. Um, almost a rebel Poe. What's that? It's almost a re- like it's almost right. like if you were to make a Poe for rebels and then just port it back to resistance. Yeah, helps other helps teammates as much as it helps himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that it's got a chance of of making a difference. Um, the the thing about it is that they've they've really when we see uh, X wings in resistance, it's the ones that are either cheap, like the Red Squadron expert, or the ones with the the awesome abilities. Um, Jess. So, <laughs> Jess. Let's just say it out loud. Jess Pava. Jess yeah. Pava, exactly. Yeah. Those are the ones we see. The the X-Wings and Resistance just don't have very good abilities. Um, and, you know, it's not hard their to... fit. Not, I, I would argue that they don't have great abilities when facing large amounts of efficiency ships. Fair? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it's fair. Yep. Yep. Because, like, uh, uh, who's, oh my God, I'm blanking completely on his name. Not Eloasi. Who's the other one? Nian. 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 Yeah. Nian might have one of the best pilot abilities in the game. He does. The problem like, is that the Nian Nun loadout is expensive. Seventy. It's seventy seventy five points. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's the does. problem is he gets blown away in a single round by the horde of whatever is in front of him. Yeah, um, and he did take a, a small hit, by the way, recently in the in the recent fact. So, um, I do, we we do need to cover the new fact because it did introduce a couple order of operations changes. Yeah. One that actually came up in my game, uh, in one of my games, that was hilarious. But well, go ahead, and illustrate, Jeff. Which how did the end get touched? Just so I know. Um. So, it's it's been wondered for a while, dating all the way back to one e. When you're handed multiple tokens at a time, do you are you handed them one at a time? Or are you just giving them all at once? And um, there have been good arguments on both sides, but the community decided that you were giving them one at a time. Um, and there's a reason for this comparisons to like Tavson's damage being done one at a time and, and things like that. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a reason for it, but there are good arguments the other way as, as well. And Quick drop. FFG came down the other way. If you're given two stress tokens by Panic Pilot, Nian can only get rid of one of them. Thank God for that, because that's just that's just madness. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I, I just I sort of I, I was on the side of yeah, you're you're being given all of them at one time because uh, it's a single opportunity. Yeah, but on the yeah. other hand, <laughs> with Nian specifically, it's such a you're paying such a crazy amount for the ship that is it. If you draw a panic pilot, is it really that bad? If if you're just not panicked, yeah. I mean, especially because if you're stressed with Nia Numb, basically what you're you know you're normally already behind or next to somebody and probably in a fairly safe position. Right, right. Yeah, you're going to be in a position to to be mildly upset, right, by the by the second stress that you now have to spend another turn to get rid of. But it's not it's not impossible, especially for him. It's just interesting that the X-Wing, which was actually kind of started, the, the Resistance X-Wing, which was kind of starting to be kind of a thing in some of the online tournaments, just vanished. Like, right. 
gone. It's gone. Its points didn't go up. Not really anything at its level went up, like went up or down to challenge it for its spot. It's just that the you could honestly say that it's just not effective against Nantex because they're higher initiative and that they're better at range three than it is, right? And I, I think that the, it was also that was also true against the more standard separatist swarms, vulture droids, and stuff. They yep. people people yep. flying resistance had a hard time against them. Um, we come back to what Drew said last week about uh, separatists just being an outlier in the faction balance. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not an issue, but um, you know, um, Green Dragoon. Um, Shout out, good friend of ours. He uh, he put out some stats on uh, the the four galactic qualifiers so far, and the interesting thing about it was that when he um, I, I just want to caveat here because I didn't read it very all that closely, but I, I did skim it to to draw some conclusions. But he he's his stats showed that when you take away the Nantex, the Separatists are actually really well balanced in terms of their conversion rate, in terms of how many people take them to tournaments as opposed to how um how they do into the cut. So separatists in the absence of Dantex are actually very well balanced in that way. Yeah. Cause I mean, eventually people figured out that you could go, you know, even though they are absurdly efficient in terms of tokens, what they, they do just pop, you know, like you can get them to gum each other up. And if you, if you can get the right angles on them and don't just play into the hard turn fight, you have pretty decent odds of beating them. They really don't like things with turrets um, because they have to keep turning around those rocks and they get stuck up on them, even with struts. And then you can always just out, P you could just PS kill them. And yeah. yeah, that's that's more often than not been the way I've seen people solve that problem. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about some of the bells. I, I mean, okay, I let's talk about the bridesmaid chief. And I hate to call him that, but at this point, he is cursed. Poor Octor. Octor Khan brought. He's it, somebody has put a voodoo hex on him. I, I don't have another way to say it. Somebody has put the whammy on Octor because think, he deserved to go top table with Bosk Boba. I think Octor was just um, out of concern for Ryan Farmer's uh, happiness. Octor decided, you know, I don't need to win this tournament. I'm okay. <laughs> Can you elaborate? I'm unaware of this. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Ryan, Ryan, and uh, Octor are in a heavy grade blood feud beef because um, Ryan insists that uh, Octor is better than he has shown, and until Octor wins uh, wins major tournament, Ryan's done with him. And you think uh, Octor is throwing? Uh, I I don't think so. Um, um, I'm not sure that Ryan thinks so either. But just in case this isn't coming through, this is all very tongue in cheek. Very tongue in cheek. Very soap opera on you know Fly <laughs> Better podcast. Um, but yeah, Ryan is very uh, you know has just wants nothing to do with Octor until Octor proves himself a real competitor in Ryan's eyes. So. Oh my god, because uh, Octor's gone through. He's the guy who made the um, the M3A great again. 
with the when when they brought all the cannons down octors the guy that brought that up what was it like five m3as and two fangs uh four, four m3as and two fangs four and two, yeah. that of course everybody thought was going to be the new efficiency hotness um now he's out here with bosk you know the magic school bus which i don't think anybody ever expected to see in a cut much less in a top four um Scum actually had a pretty good showing with some of their two with with some of their two and three ships at this one too. Well, this is uh, you weren't around for one East party, Beth, but this is basically uh, this is basically a a wholesome two E version of one East party, Beth. Um, I need to pull myself out of the uh, um, PTSD looking yeah. at this list. <laughs> yeah, um, it's. It, I, I watched him fly this, and it was it was pretty amazing how. I was the thing we, we we were chatting during that game, and it was just, it was just beautiful. Yeah, but like, it's 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 amazing how fast Bosk dives, but yeah, he splits himself enough so that Boba is just like, yeah, man, I got this. Yeah, I'll, take, I'll take well, it. From you here. know, good. What's funny is is before when that you know people were talking about points, they you know exactly what they said is what happened. Bosk yeah. needed to trade out two and a half. Pardon me, I'm trying not to burp from this coffee. Uh, two and a half Nantexes in order for Boba to clean up the rest, and he actually accomplished that by exactly one more damage. Yeah, like he he got two and three quarter basically, and that brings me to a question, and you know, around something that's probably been considered and, and written off by most people. Why aren't people just putting Dead Man Switch in the, on like a bunch of junk Z95s and ramming them down Nantex players' throats? Well, I mean, the big thing is the is Greedo, right? Greedo and Boss to get those extra damage in. Well, yeah, Drew, but like Boss only got two shots off. I, he, I think he yeah. he only did about. I think he did four damage. Uh, he did proc the. The thing he did proc his ability twice, which was yeah. far more than I expected. Um, but you're right, it is Greedo. But I mean, he only pushed through about four damage with his attacks. The other five or the other seven, I think, was with Dead Man. Wow. Um, the thing is that he he uh, I, I think he did more damage than that, but he did. He one of them might have been three attacks. Off. I could be wrong. Yeah. He the the thing about it is that he. Um, he just draws all the fire. Like it's well, you can't leave him. You can't leave him alone, and especially if he picks the right lane and he's got those those sweeping three turns that he can go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you can say, why don't you put dead men switches on? You know, a, I don't know, Benair pirates or whatever, and send them in there. The problem is that on against that might be fine against Nantex, but probably not because Nantex can outmaneuver them but um and just kill them from a distance but those are going to get absolutely slaughtered against everything else dead man switch is the is, is a little susan of of something against the nantex it isn't a silver dagger against the Nantex. the nantex hmm. um it's like yeah come on in and kill bosk four of you guys get in here at range one and you're gonna yeah. kill <laughs> And then he's going to blow up, and you're going to take damage, and that's going to be, you know, a, a third, or, you know, a third of your remaining hit points or whatever. So, and what's funny is the only reason Boss died when he did was that he took a four crit shot. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, it was bad. I, and I just that's another thing that against Nantex, it 
he's not he's not usually going to have the bid and um if the Nantex decide to go first they all get their shots with Greedo against him well that's what was happening yeah i know uh uh octor didn't have the bid if i remember correctly no. the uh the other guy chose to move in to to go first correct for that reason yeah yeah i was interested there was uh, i found that strange i i don't know well, it's not like boss boss moves are any great mystery. You know, like in any given turn, the two choices yeah. are zero stop or three turn. And what makes it scary is you. There's nothing you can do to stop it because you know it's he's going to do it, right? Yeah. He'll always have a shot, or supposedly. I mean, the one eighty well, on the yeah. large base. The one eighty on a large base, like he's covering half the fucking map with the thing. Yeah. Right. It was it was fun to watch. I, I enjoyed being able to root for Boba Fett and not feeling guilty about it. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the, the great conversations in, in Twitch chat. That game was like, do we want to root for Boba Fett, considering he's still kind of cheese? I mean, the other option is an antex. All right, fuck you. Go Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And to be fair, it's a Boba Fett without Maul. So that yeah. helped all. Well, it's perceptive in Han. It's not much better. No, it's true. Like... <laughs> Like, as much as I, I, Perceptive Han is like, it. that's almost, and I, that's almost worse. Like, when you're talking about Boba Fett, and by the way, against, that's a power build, I would argue, against Nantex. That's a specifically anti-Nantex build. Yep. Like, you're not running that against Epsilons. You're not running that against droids. No, 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 no. That's because you're expecting to catch a lot of three dice shots at range one. And like, and they're going to be like double modded at range one for the most part. I yeah. love that build. This is, it's just gross because it's entirely, the whole premise of this is Bosk is going to die first and then I'm going to kill whatever is left. Yep. I'm just going to have more mods than you on every single roll of the dice. Yeah, but it looks like you guys were right and I was wrong. It looks like Malaris is the um, is the Zai shuttle of choice. I thought that uh, it would probably be Gideon Hask, but it looks like uh, Malaris is it. Um, few Malaris shuttle lists did pretty well. Um, yeah, there's one right outside, like <laughs> 33 out of 30. Fuck, that sucks. Yeah, and there's one that's Six inside. Six MOV? Oh, I'd have lost my mind. Yeah, yeah, that's I fucking would have lost it. But on the other hand, look who beat it a Vinny list. That's freaking awesome. Uh, which we cannot complain about. A <laughs> hang on, let's let's count this up. A Vinny Trad Simulator Pattern Analyzer Perceptive VTG Page Proton Seismic and Shield. That's a hundred point Vinny. Hundred and one, I think. Oh my god! I think it's hundred and one, and I love that. That's that's so beautiful. <laughs> it's it, it really is and then it's the other one is the death ray like you paired maybe the best single bomber again with with the best jouster and it's like you either dance with me at range five and i throw bombs at you all day or you come in here and she just she just vaporizes you which yeah. one do you want to die to and not to mention venny's no bitch at range one either exactly it gets like venny will still fight. fuck you up Shoot twice with possibly two focuses. That's yep. uh, that's not nothing. Yep. So it's definitely cool to see Venny out there. Uh, Carlos Lazo in thirty first. Is this not the uh, the 
the world's runner-up list from last year? Almost identical. I don't remember. Wedge, that. 10, Num, Blount, a bandit, and AP5. Almost. There were two it? bandits. It was a two, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was two bandits, and he he took Vader out. Without right with the with a boosting wedge shot, which was yeah. oh, wasn't it Braylon though, not ten them? It was. I think it, it may Braylon. it may have been Braylon. Yeah, Braylon. I, okay, but, I believe it. I I probably missed that. Um, no, you're all good. I I built the list shortly after it to be like, oh, cool, rebels are good now, right? Like, well, I, apparently rebels have a place in a pet in an aces meta just because if you if there's just a little bit. Okay, let me back that up. Let me refresh what I'm saying, and I'll edit the rest out. Rebels are either extremely good on an alpha strike or they beat you with health. I feel like those are the two ways that you at least always have a chance against a, against the Nantexes. Would you would you guys agree to that? Sure. Is that probably why there were seven rebel players in here? And well, I mean three of them were the Wookiees, which can do either one because right. eight health and one eighty arcs with three dice, but I Would saw kind of my I, I saw what happened to one of the guys running uh, four Kashyyyks, and it was kind of exactly what I was worried about. They have a lot of health, but as soon as they have to spend that focus token on defense to avoid taking like a crit, they just don't bite anything. Yeah. And even with the blocks, it's just not enough. Like there's, they don't do what rebels do best, which is offer mutual support to each other. They don't get by with the help of their friends, basically. The the fight that I saw, the Kashyyyks basically lost because AP5 was just barely in range of too many shots. Ah, that, and, listen, uh, as a proud AP5 player, that happens. Yeah, and, uh, and it, once you lose AP5, if you don't get value from AP5's ability to give, you know, the closest Wookiee a reinforce while he's still got to focus... Or if you barrel roll somebody, that way you can still pop AP5 with the coordinate. Exactly. Um, if you don't get value from that, I mean, and we're talking at least a couple, three turns Need, in yeah. the thick of things, then the list can can struggle to, as you said, it can struggle to put out damage. Yep. Um, and it's always going to get shots. It's just not always going to do damage. It's not always going to be quality shots. Um I want to ask a question, and this is near and dear to my heart, but I'm asking this objectively because he shows up four times. I had conversations with a lot of guys, and we all kind of agreed, and apparently were very wrong, that Wedge is currently not very relevant. Um, and the agreement generally came down to the fact that Wedge is purely a trading piece. And that he does not trade well against Nantex because he can't reposition without giving up his mods. And they, it, he has to kill two of them in order to even remotely come close to getting his points back. Why am I wrong here? Like, what? why were about five of us, really, who talked about this wrong, do you think? Well, he really only needs one and a half to get his points back, right? If you want to come ahead in the trade, he needs to kill two. Um, okay, I mean, if the wedge with... I'm, I'm really talking about, you know, this wedge with the crack shot. Um, the other one is wedge with protons, which you need... Two and a half. Yeah. Um, I mean, the big thing is, like, I'm looking at this list that finished fifth in Swiss. Wedge, Protons, Luke, Protons, Norwexley, and the Y-Wing with advanced with AP protons. Oh. 
right? This is a list that where Wedge does not have double mods. I wonder, okay, I, I do wonder about this if probably this is not a this is not an auto joust list. I think he probably flies around a little bit and makes you miss a couple and you know makes you miss arc a couple times until he gets that lock with wedge and then he probably three hards on you. Yeah, that's hard to do though with rebels. It's difficult. Uh not if Nora with an APT and an ion cannons up your ass. I mean, that's true, but even Nora, man. Nora oh, she comes apart 100%. The only one taking fire. Um, right, but, I, you know, you can't... Can you really afford to dedicate all of your maneuvers to Nora in a turn where Wedge and Luke can just come and drop eight dice, you know, eight Protorp dice on you probably is the question. Not to mention, well, she's still an I-5 with an APT. She'll still fuck you up just as hard. I mean, I, I just think it's just impressive that he did so well without double mods without built-in double mods because you know uh, that, that's impressive to me because god knows everyone in this chat in uh, this podcast has faith in single modded proton torpedoes i mean uh, i take single modded proton torpedoes because three you know three hits is three hits is two times the number of hits i usually get on four dice anyway <laughs> um so I'm I'm okay with it, um, but I'm changing uh, your intro to the most put upon man in X Wing. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's when you're spending 13 points plus yeah. you're spending, you know, the is he 55? 55 um, for for wedge and to to put your faith in that I'm not going to roll a three blank roll and then roll th- those three blanks and get a two focuses and a blank because fuck you, that's my name. Exactly. That's a that is a that's a big ask. Yep. And uh, you know, and a, a fair amount of time, you're going to do fine. You're going to roll three hits or four hits. Yep. Um, and then you've got wedge subtracting a die, so you're going to do just fine with it. But then those times when you don't, yeah, it's ballsy. What else pops up around here? Like Zach Huffins with the. Uh, Nim Dangar Cavill build. I adore that. There were two Nims actually in this cut, yeah. which is two more than I think any of us expected. Um, Cavill with a dorsal turret and a VTG is always going to be a good option. Just a very good maneuverable damage dealer at high initiative. Nothing wrong with that. And I say, I only say maneuverable because he's got R4. So, you know, he's decently maneuverable now. Um, Um, Nim yeah, with Ion and VTG? What's that? Nim with Ion and VTG? I mean, you know, why not? Doesn't he have uh, 10 hit points? I mean, yeah, but I guess I'm wondering... Well, I don't know. I, that's... I guess when I only see, like... When I look at that build compared to the one up above it where it's... Bombardier, proton bombs, concussion bombs, ablative, havoc, trash simulator, and genius. I feel like the ion cannon nim could have been, you know, Ketsu. And you'd have gotten right. more damage out of it. Right. Because um, Ketsu well, Dangar Cavill is a list you do not want to fuck with. Also, I mean, Nim, keep in mind, Nim's, Nim does have a three die front arc. So. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So he's not putting out nothing damage with that. Um, no, you know, I, it's 
sort of a bonus. Six I was damage gonna... at range. Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say six, six dice at range two, um, eight at range one. It's not bad. I'm not, I'm not right. saying it's bad. I guess if you if that's what you were going for, you could just go with a lock revenant. Or if you wanted to do that, you would just go with, you know, uh, again, oh, yeah. I, I, I say Ketsu. Nim's ability to hold that proton bomb, isn't that what he does? That's pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, he, he just keeps a fuse charge basically on a bomb for as long as he wants. That is pretty sweet. Um, especially against bugs. That is Especially uh, against things with no shields, yep. Uh, I wanted to ask Drew how he feels about the Malaris and Six Epsilons list, since that is uh, that is basically a, a first order Howlrunner swarm. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna say I um, uh, and Vince can attest to this. When the, one of the last times I played him, um, was with was it the five epsilon? No, it was it was three epsilons. And then three SFs, right? Two of the generics and then quick draw. Um, I mean, we'll see, man. It's it's good. I don't... I just love that. I love a shuttle with two agility dice. What is happening? I, love I mean, you've got, you've got so many other things, right? There's so well, many... Well, that's why we compared it to the U-Wing. I mean... Yeah. Right, the One less health and basically the same profile. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I sorry, mean, I think I'm sorry. I know you're fine. You're fine. I just, I, I, I think it has teeth. It's good, but you know, at if the Nantex disappear, is this all we're gonna see? Are are we gonna see more hollow in the CNR? Right, like as it, as it is right now, even with 2.0, you know, the generics have kind of taken over, and every other day is you know pick your poison, right? Whether it be seven ships, eight ships, six ships, um. And I don't, I don't mind it, but you know, to me, X-wing has a lot to do with the pilots, right? You know, the generics and the and the named ones. Um, and I do feel like there is a bit of a problem, especially with the Kashyyyk Defender. Same thing, right? Like, uh, but it's good. I'm gonna fly this um, when COVID ends, uh, at least. You know, if you know points. Alameda County opens up in two weeks, boys. We're almost free. Yeah, I I was gonna say, Drew. I I also am interested in flying this as a as a stab at a competitive list. The, yeah, the, don't, I don't need the, to see it again. I don't ever want to see it again. It hurt me very badly and touched me in places that I don't like being touched. Oh, Shoot. you 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 flew against it. Yeah, Drew. Uh, uh, Isaiah's old man beat the shit out of me with it. Uh, my 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 Drew counterpart. Yes. Yeah, he fucking he beat thirty two flavors of shit out of me with it. Huh. When did when was this? Uh two two weekends ago. Okay. This was, I was uh, and six epsilons? Yeah, Malaris and six. Yeah. I mean, wow. and like he like I, I thought he was screwing up when he jousted me because I was on my Ooh. thing with corpse, uh Aaron with, with concussion missiles, uh Hera <laughs> with Predator, and Jake with Prockets. Like I was out here like I got fifteen dice double modded, baby. Like yeah. you really want to do this? And he's like, fuck you, I have three of Agent Shields. You mad, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, hmm, I didn't do the math on this before I before I started this party. And the, you get the strain after the strain no longer matters. After the strain, <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's like, that is that is strong. And and, and, because, and what really pissed me off and I started getting mad at was that you clear the strain just on programming a blue maneuver. 
You don't have yeah. to finish the maneuver. It's, I, it's yeah. the same as a stress token, which is like, fuck. Exactly. Yeah. I just, there's something about the Epsilon Squadron Cadet that to me is the the platonic ideal of a TIE fighter. It's like, yep. It's like TIE fighters for the Empire are sort of like the, you know, they're, they're the sort of wavery, warped, slightly lesser version of what a TIE fighter should be. And the Epsilon Squadron Cadet, oh, chef's kiss. Uh, the I I kind of agree with that um, because not having it too hard on a Tie Fighter, a blue too hard on the Tie Fighter, is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, like it's supposed to be significantly more maneuverable than an X Wing, so why doesn't yep. it have a significantly more maneuverable dial? <laughs> dial. I was really hoping that the new Tie upgrades with the heavy would give the Tie Fighter something like that, something Tie Fighter specific. Right. I know they don't really want to do that, but of course, I mean, you know, we've got configurations for X wings and, and B wings now, right? Like there's, there's a way to make the TIE fighter different and, and more playable. And I just think that they kind of ruined it with the heavy or at least they dropped the ball. Right? I made, I made a suggestion um, that I, I actually really like it's when a TIE fighter takes after a TIE fighter defends if it's assigned at least one damage card, it gets an evade token. No. And, and nope. that would be a configuration for the TIE Fighter to, to make it relevant again. So uh-huh. basically, you've got you, you either one shot your TIE Fighters or they can start to stand up to some to some shots, you know? Uh, and what was it? Um, they can get a stress to take a evade token is what it was. So you can only do it once. Um, but I, I really like that a lot in terms of giving the TIE Fighter a little bit of feel yeah. that it doesn't currently have. I, I like that idea a lot, but I also feel like with Iden Versio right well, in the game, yeah, then I, there's a whole, right? It's just like, oh, it's it would be such a cool idea. But then, of course, you have this ship that's just like, Hey, look! You could roll seven hundred attack dice at a ship, and Iden just says, "Nope." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I I agree with you guys that Iden was just not a good way to do uh, what they were trying to do. Yeah, interesting ability, but not a very well executed. Yeah, yeah. well, it's so. too cheap. I I, I it, it's on the wrong ship. Like I I would put that on a I would put that on a shuttle. Oh, I actually like that a lot. Like the um, it's a, so very quick squadron rant. I was really surprised that we got the Reaper instead of the Lambda class shuttle. Obviously, the Reaper is a little more. Well, predatory. you're not taking a Lambda into a dogfight. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, but there's the thing though. You would take it into a dogfight if it had an ability like that in the tabletop game, right? Like that. Well, really people cool. already take the Lambda into a dogfight when they put Palp on it. I, yeah, also true. Also true. But but anyways, <laughs> I just. Right, it's it, but I do agree, Vince, that like you know, these cool buff abilities you know should go on some of the more support ships to make you want to take them, right? Like, casting is a perfect example of this, right? Pulling stress from other ships and things, it's like, well, that's really cool, that's really good. So, sorry, and I, I, I actually think Cassian's ability on him, I think Cassian is probably damn near perfectly built. Um, the U Wing is not. It, it will not hold up an extended direct combat. The Ewing can beat you in one or two rounds because it 
it, it, it can put two, one or two damage on you in the first one, and then you have to fly past it on the next turn, or you just stay in front of it and you take your chances against four dice, which you don't, most things lighter than it don't want to do. But in an extended dogfight, it's just a chunky medium with a real, with, you know, white two hearts. You will beat it eventually. Um, Cassian, the, the Ewing works because it can stay right next to X-Wings and B-Wings. That's, like, in my opinion, that's exactly why it's so good at what it does. is because it's the right speed, it's not too big, and it's a three-die shooter, meaning that it fits exactly in between those two and goes, I'm going to hang out with my friends and I'm going to make them better, especially the B-Wings, who we all know love their stress shenanigans, and who, if you're flying X-Wings, your 4K is like the second most popular maneuver on your dial besides the one straight. Yeah. Um, I don't think the lot the Psy fits with Imperial Aces other than as a dedicated support platform and a much an extremely tertiary offensive piece. Wait, wait, the Psy with the first order? Sorry, or the- I, no, I, I I said Psy because I fucking was thinking of the the pilot, uh, the Lambda. Right. Like the Lambda is so much slower than most of the ships it flies with. It is so much slower than Vader and Fell and the Grand Inquisitor. Like, it just has no business trying to keep any kind of range with them because if they have to stay at O2 of it, that's really easy for people to predict. I mean, the interesting thing about it is is it's not slower because it's on a large base. It's just... Okay. It's less maneuverable. It can't go the places they can go at the speeds they can go. Sure. Um, the the ship itself is plenty fast. I mean, it's you know the, the it? thing about it is three straight is red, red, isn't it? The three straight, no. Continue, Jeff. I'm just going to look it up and see how wrong uh, I am. The thing about the lambda is that you're punished oh, by God. going into combat fast, and so many of the imperial ships want to go into combat fast. They're slashes, so, yeah. You know, and it's and that's the that's why it's got to have you know a psi level ability where you build around it, or Jendan ability where you build around it. Yeah, in order like, to be an effective ship. Uh, thank like, God they I think, killed the tail gun. Like I think probably if you were to put uh, Ion's ability on uh, a chassis similar to on on the Lambda, and you price it similar to Jendan, you'd have a very effective support ship if it could carry something like attack officer or palp. Like that's yeah. a very effective ship. Um, I, I, I don't think. Be I, I think I, putting it on Iden is putting it on a Tie Fighter is basically just an invitation for me to shoot Iden and go. You spend it on yourself, or I torpedo you. Pick your favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, yeah I mean, there's tacticality in that, right? Like, again, the ability is good. I just think it would have been better on a more support, a, a more support-ish ship. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because it would be a more dedicated. It would be a more dedicated ship instead of kind of a you must take this in your tie swarm or you're dead. Yeah, right. that that's the point. It was it was put on a tie fighter so that you could have a tie swarm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That yep. The, of course. And you know, and it and it frankly is necessary in the the imperial tie swarm. Right. Because otherwise, which sucks. They lose which sucks. So much. Yeah. Which does suck. It's it's it's, very, it's the it's only defensive. Tough. It's the only area defensive buff that's basically required for a swarm. Like you don't have to run um, the the M three A. The I five is the one. It's with the uh, with the reroll bubble. Yep. She's not really required to run four or five of those things. Shout out Octor Khan. 
Um, you don't have to run selfless with four ship rebels. You don't have to run dedicated with the Imperial Swarm. Yep. yep. Right. Yeah, it's it's unfortunately TIE Fighters are just so outclassed by the majority of other swarm ships that she becomes necessary. Yeah. Yep. And uh, not which is not how it should be. Not after not after they increase her price. Somebody is, I'm hearing like a fan or buff or somebody's like rubbing the mic. Oh, that's me. Sorry. My wife just gave me a fan. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, unfortunately, even Iden's not enough when the price goes up and how runner's price goes up so much. So not that that's necessarily bad because you know, that maybe they've got something else in mind and with configurations, they can do so much interesting stuff that. You know, the, the TIE Fighter actually had, it improved mid-war, um, you know, canoni- canonically. It did improve yeah. mid-war. Um, so they've got things that they can do for it that, mm-hmm. that, that can make it more interesting to fly. That's the thing about the Epsilon. The Epsilon to me is interesting to fly. It's got a shield, so it can make that tough choice. Do I want to spend my focus token or do I want to take a shield? Um it's got the two turns that shed stress. It's got the um, the Signor's loops, loops, which are so much more interesting than just two different um, K turns, which the Tie Fighter has. Um, yeah. It's uh, the it's just the Tie Fighter is just not a very interesting ship, and uh, and I hope that they've got something up their sleeve to fix that. Right, right. I never thought I would say this, but TIE Fighters actually have a wider capability gap between them and the Epsilon than the T-65 does to the T-70, which you would not think, considering how much better the T-70 is. As a proportion of points, that is absolutely true. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's just because the Epsilon's like two or three points undercosted. I mean, All right. What else can we take out of this tournament besides, please, for the love of God, do something about this fucking arena ace? <laughs> do something. Uh, it's like, the, I, I don't want to just. <clears throat> I'm really glad to see a Thai BA. We mentioned Hollow before. I want to see more of them, especially after. There's this, a Thai like, BA? Spoiler Who? alert. Who? Where? Um, Hollow is. Uh, it's the Hollow Proud Tradition CNR Jameis, CNR Jameis, CNR Jameis. Second. Kenneth? Oh, sorry. I for some reason when you said Ty BA, I fucking thought the brute because I'm an idiot. Oh yeah, no, the brute is not here. Um, because um, gosh, what's the, who's the high, who's the I six pilot? She um, Von Reg. Von Reg. Von Reg is in squadrons, and I was like, oh, so cool. It was awesome. So I'm yeah, I'm happy. I really want to try that list out too. Although I don't own, I have a Swollencer and a Tylencer. I need another one now. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was what stood out to me. I was really excited about that. Can I uh, just run down my little my my little four game excursion? What? Go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. I was asking Drew, do you want a swollencer or do you want a silencer? Um well, you know, if I have only one big big arm, um it's gonna I'm gonna get some stern looks at. So I need two big arms. So I'm gonna go double swollencer and the silencer. Dude, you buy a silencer and I'll trade you one of my swollencers for it. Nice. My wife gives me weird looks. Okay. Yep. <laughs> cool. Um, so no, I think that if we go if we go deep into the into the tournament, I think we find some interesting lists. By the way, Daniel Lim, uh, Icefane, uh, a 
Uh, yep, just Lord missed, Isofane, Lord Moneybags. Missed the cut at 38. Uh, well done there. Uh, four Ward and two. Hog. Didn't, didn't, um, didn't get the points, the MOV to, to get in. Um, how many MOV, how many fours? Only four. Only four fours got in. Um, but yeah. Allie from Hexile Chat, shout out. Who? Uh, down right above him at 37. Um, can we talk about the guy who got Bodie, who almost got Bodie Rook into the cut? <laughs> right below Daniel. Bodie, Dutch, Asigi, and Garvin. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Props for that. That exactly. That's what I'm talking about. That is that is rebels helping rebels right there. Dude, that that's, is the, that is it, that's not even. I bro. called my list going into this tournament the B team. This is the C team, dude. <laughs> no, this is this is um, what is it? This is the rebel version of a tiny mind blink. It is. Because it really <laughs> everybody passes something to somebody. Somebody else, yeah. That's awesome. Because you got okay. Let's let's go down the list of how ridiculous you can make this. You got a Segi up there as the that's your bird dog. You're flying that thing all the way up front, and then and then um, probably slamming to get in range so that you can proc Bodie off of. Uh, you can use you can proc Dutch off of Bodie's ability, which for mm. those who don't know, basically turns every ship into a zero to three bubble. You can target lock off. Um, Garvin is gonna probably shoot first. So that he can pull a focus off of a Siggy and then yeah, hand it to Bodhi. Yeah. And I mean you're you're looking here at essentially, I'm trying to count. This is something in the neighborhood of 13 or 14, almost guaranteed double modded dice. Yeah. Uh yeah, barring you roll focuses to to start the chain, right? So I, I would imagine that this is hilarious. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that if if he were able to give some effective offense to either Dutch or Asegi, yeah. he, he would have made the cut. He just doesn't have the points to give effective offense to, to one of those ships. So yep. he's got two ships without effective offense, and that hurts. Yeah. That was the problem that I had in my game, uh, in my tournament with uh, Aaron Kraken kept coming up short in offense. Um, his ability was fantastic. Uh, Aaron's ability is super good. And if Z95s had a third die, Aaron would be probably a required addition to every rebel, almost, you know, a staple into every rebel list. Like, God, those two dice are for 36 points is painful. Yeah. Yep. Um, and because he's only two evades, he folds even worse than the A-Wings do. Yeah. But I did have a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I don't know, Jeff, if I sent you my li the list I ended up eventually running. Uh, Shara with R3 and Freelance Slicer is yeah, hysterical. Yeah. I trolled a quick draw player into the dirt with that ability. Uh. For those who don't know, Char's ability is that when somebody, uh, when she either makes an attack or defends, if the thing shooting at her, she can spend a lock on the thing shooting at her to add a focus. Um, so I put R3 on her, so I always have two target locks out. And then I put Freelance Slicer on it, so whenever something shot me, I would roll for the, I would spend the lock to jam whoever was shooting me. And then um, 
if I don't, if I do end up jamming myself, I just toss the other garbage lock that I had. I got a quick draw player on the very first shot with that, and dude just whiffed the just whiffed the shot, just complete miss, just straight three blanks. I was fucking crying laughing. And then we had a little bit of an order of operations troll where uh, fifth brother took a lock on Shara, declared his homing missile shot, and then I jammed him and he lost the attack. Hmm. That's interesting. That's is that how that works? That was how we ended up agreeing. Okay. I, I I honestly have no idea how that would go. But according no. to the fact, you declare the attack. Yep. Before and then attack. after he declares the attack is when I would have to declare freelance slicer. So. Uh yeah. So I I so there is a. His. His ability requires that he have a target lock to declare it. I don't think he has to have a target lock to fire it because that's just like, um, it's just like, what is it? Instinctive aim or whatever you don't. So you can take away his lock so he can't modify it at all, but I don't think you should have been able Mm. to fire it. Did, did D make that ruling? Uh no we we talked through the wording on both he had the fact open and that's what we ended up agreeing with yeah I think that uh, I think that you got a break there you so while you defend before attack dice are rolled right he declares his attack that's the only time you need to check to see if he's yeah. got a lock then you're defending that's interesting so, so you can take his lock away but he's already declared his attack so taking his lock away doesn't do anything at that point. Okay. Well, apology. Uh, for those who are listening and know my history, I did you not make this not call. We had an purpose. agreement between players. Of course you didn't do that on purpose. No. No. Like, um, you know, I, I'm admitting to this on air because I'm, I'm, I'm on my full transparency thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but for but if you guys have any for people out there that do wonder because that's an interesting that isn't that's a genuinely interesting interaction call a judge I mean that is a that's genuinely interesting whether um, whether I'm right about that or whether Vince and his opponent were right about that so call yeah. a judge it's always good to end to add a little controversy to this show right literally right at the ending um Anything else we want to talk about besides the fact that there was not a single, which kind of makes me sad that none of the side slipping droids made the cut, which I kind of, Oh no, I saw one. There was the the DGS 47. They, they really sort of suck. I mean, they kind of do They They look really really fun, but they're just not very good. Oh, all right. Well, at the collective, that sucks. I hate to go. Cause I think a lot of us are, um, I hate to go 50 deep, but Vince, number 50, man. Not only is the dude's name Vince Joaquin, which, by the way, man, wow. Yeah. But three Rogue Squadron escorts with R3s and then Arvel with Intimidation and Deadeye Shot. That is... uh, You know who runs this. Hmm? You know who... We have a friend who's run this. We do. Daryl. Daryl has played this more than a few times. Oh, I didn't know. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I like it. I look, it'll, you know, it's, it's weird. Um, you're basically just, 
you've got about two rounds of good offense and then you have to either run away or just rely on regular and, and or turn yourself into a very fast X-wing. Right. Um, but at least, you know, it's three ships that aren't, that aren't going to get left behind by Arvel, which is, again, we've said the problem with Arvel over a lot of games. Um, I don't dislike it. I just, you know, I'm not surprised he finished outside the cut with it. I'll put it that way. Yeah, but you know, 50s respectable. That's the top that's top 20%. Out of 265? Yeah, that's top 20%. Hell yeah. So. Well done. Anyway. Cool, cool. God, I'm so fucking tired of the Nantex. I could spit. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up right here. Shout out to NO for his Gargor Dangar shenanigans, you evil man. Um, Drew and Jeff sign off as you please. Shout out to Dion. Thanks for running this, man. Mm-hmm. It's given us content to talk about, and you know, even despite all the Nantex roasting, there is content. There's some good content here. I'm excited to see what the what's going to look like after the Aces are no more. But you know, we'll see. Have As a good first one. take on ESPN has proven a hundred times, arguing is good content. And uh, shout out to D Yoon who um, allowed us to have a final uh, match that matters. <laughs> Um, I love you, D. I'm sorry, I couldn't read the Jesus, Jeff. (laughs) I love you, man. Y'all have a good week. Uh, We'll talk to everybody next week. Have a good one, folks.